It's time to chat some bollocks about fanny tits and bum. No topic is off the limit for these potty mouth found mums. So tell us all your secrets, we like to share the truth. About saggy tits and anal warts and ice cubes up your hoof. No, no. holes barred. Hello Vic. Hi Laura. How you doing? <coughs> Sorry, I had to cough. That's all right, rude. Terrible timing, terrible timing. I'm good, I'm good. Did you ask how I am? I did, I think so. I can't even remember, I think it was about 30 <laughs> seconds ago. I'm all right, yeah. I'm all right, mate. How are you? Uh, did you say you were good? Mm, <laughs> can't remember. No, I don't, I'm not good. Uh, I'm very tired. Edith had a horrendous night last night. She was up five times. <laughs> five? Oh, no motherfucking times that is like having a newborn and i don't want another that newborn is. i don't want any more babies i don't want the children that i've got no. i just can't that is not okay okay it's not okay that's, that's completely unacceptable behavior Edith. I'm, not, I'm not okay so i've had a real rough night and it was like the last three times we're on the hour every hour for three hours so technically i've been up since 3 a.m well you you know what you look remarkable <laughs> Thanks. It's this. Uh, welcome. It's the light in here. It's, it's this new look. Dark. Yes. <laughs> it's the uh, my kids are fucking asshole and won't let me sleep. Look. <laughs> but forget about those schmucks. How are you? Schmucks. Uh, well, this could be a while because you've already asked me how I am, and I said I was okay. So, oh. um, and then I asked you if you were okay, and then I couldn't remember if I'd asked you if you were okay, <laughs> and then we went round in a bit of a circle. So I think I'm going to say one more time. I'm all right. <laughs> Let's move on to the weather. How's the weather where you are? Oh, wow. You are so British. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's lovely. It's been absolutely glorious weekend. Um, I mean, just to complain about my kids some more, we went to London Zoo on Saturday. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. No, I'm just going to pop to London. Yeah, I know. But you know what? It, it is such a brilliant place to take the kids. Well, not my kids, but it's a brilliant place to take any other children. <laughs> Mm. Uh, it was it was a bit hot It was a bit too hot So we had a lot of um, Let's say Wankerish behaviour yeah. Induced by the sun And also Edith Refusing to have a nap So it was quite tense She had a, a massive tantrum Right next to a pygmy hippo Did the pygmy hippo spray with shit? Oh if only I have wish ever, it had Have you ever seen one of those hippos Have a turd? It, it's amazing They flap their tail And the shit just sprays out Like a That's right That's like spreader. me That's like me on the toilet <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. You're like a pygmy hippo shitter <laughs> Pygmy anus Well we We were removed of our children For a whole evening We went out Oh my gosh my. I know Tell me more We went out for dinner it was lush oh. went out for dinner yeah so my brother and sister-in-law had the kids have you ever seen that video of uh, the the gorilla that picks up the massive bit of shit and throws it at someone through the fence and runs off yeah that was basically us with our kids <laughs> yeah, our kids were the shit we were the gorillas and we just scarpered so um <laughs> yeah it was really really nice and then yeah my the, my kids got four hours sleep around there because they were so pumped Oh wow! Oh, what my problem, mate? I know. What about the next? What my fucking problem? Were they on a come down or were they all right? They're still on a come down. Yeah, yeah. yeah Takes a while to recover. Ratty assholes over that yeah. hole. 
I do think now the even just you know seeing people and all the rest of it is really stimulating for them when they've had literally yeah. zero stimulation for a year and a half. But it definitely space. tips them over yeah. the edge. Oh well. Oh, anyway, 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 <laughs> that's enough about our lives. So, uh, icebreaker. Icebreaker, icebreaker in the room. I'm, I'm just, yeah, well, I mean, I have already told you this, but I'm going to tell you on air. I am so fucking prepared for today. You just wait. You just wait until my organisational skills hit you in the face with some facts. Well, as I've told you, my organisational skills were sitting on the sofa eating pistachio nuts three minutes before record time, being like, oh shit, that's the time. I should probably <laughs> actually get my arse in gear. Um, and then finding a, we should have a, what's on Laura's carpet of the week? Yes. The old hula hoop today. Last Delight week, right? I reckon you probably delete that. Yeah, I was a lot. I'll save the lollipop stick for next week because that's stuck in the carpet. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, it is genuinely stuck in the carpet. Oh no, it's not. It's a lead. It's not. It's oh, it's a fine. It's a old cable that's been cut. Who needs to worry about that? What right? the hell? Why have you got to just cut cable in your living room? That's bizarre. Hey, I wish I knew. It's brand new information for me. I've got yogurt sprayed up my radiator. That sounds like a euphemism, but it's not. I have genuinely is got it Rob's yogurt. Petty flu all over <laughs> my radiator. Not what you like then. No, it's not everyone I lobbed it whilst he was eating it. No, <laughs> uh, the the offensive yogurt eaters, these that belongs anonymous. To yeah, <laughs> that could be like a support group. <laughs> offensive yogurt offenders, anonymous. <laughs> uh, okay, so my question to you this week is: Have you ever experienced a natural disaster like a hurricane or a tornado? Uh. Well, if I have, it's not really, you know, jumping out. Well, it's not me. penetrating, is it? <laughs> um, um, no, not at all. I mean, you know, I'm okay, pretty... these really full flat, don't oh, I? Oh, no, this one does. Um, I'm pretty untravelled, and I don't really think that the UK has many major natural disasters like that, does it? Well, I'm about to throw that one right on its head. Oh, exciting. I slept through a tornado. Oh, wow. Where were mm. you? That was in the UK? Uh, that was down where I live, mate. Oh, out in the old countryside down there. Yeah. Oh, you'll be so disappointed when you sometimes, well, like at one point, can't report something like it's not countryside at all. Oh, really? Yeah, I have a very, um, I don't know, uneducated view of it, as in like I've just imagined it as, you know, people ploughing fields maybe and oh, and singing old sea shanties because it's next to the harbour. Is that right? Yeah, we're not in Dorset. Oh, okay. All That's right. like Dorset. If you were to go to Dorset, you'd definitely find that shit. Right. I have been to Dorset. Like Weymouth. It's nice. Oh, Cornwall. Oh, my that dad's shit. calling me. Uh-oh. I always feel like I'm in trouble when my dad rings me. Do you want to pick up? One? Fuck off, Ian. No, no, no. It's <laughs> Fuck <fine>. off, Ian. <laughs> Ring him later. <laughs> um, so let me discuss. Like, I, I, I was at my sister's flat and... There were phone calls and everything like, oh, my God, Laura, you okay? My sister had gone to work and I was just a teenager. So I fucking slept through everything. And it actually lifted up a fucking caravan. Really? Oh, my God. Imagine seeing that. I don't know how people live with that sort of, you know, constant extreme weather conditions. Like you see places in America that have tornadoes all the time. It's like, I mean, you've seen how Britain reacts when there's one inch of snow. We all just fucking lose our mind. One inch seems actually quite extreme. I'd say yeah. more than one centimetre we go That's mental. True. Do you like snow? 
I love it, but I wouldn't want to live in it. I prefer I, if I could choose a weather, it's hot. I fucking love the heat. Yeah, I mean, I I just like I like mild. I like mild. I like could wear a short sleeve t shirt, but may need a cardi in the evening. That's my oh god no sort of perfect because I'm just I'm very sweaty. Oh, I I hear you. I yeah. sweat horrendously. I get really bad chub rub. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I, I'm entrenched in its loveliness. Do you do the old um, deodorant on the chub area? It trip? doesn't last long enough. I have to wear full-blown chub tights. Oh, do you? What, do you mean yeah. like cycling shorts? Yeah, anything that just stops the... Friction. You know, the, yeah, the... The two Magic friction. Skin particles I've... rubbing <laughs> over and over again until it's the raw. Epidermis. Um, I find it really hard uh, to wear a bra when it's hot. That's my thing. I just, my tits just get really hot and really uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? But then if I don't wear one, you get a really so, bad saggy tits. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, yeah, they're so saggy now. My, mine, have, mine have definitely dropped a few, quite a few notches this year. Have I really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time you see them, you'll be quite surprised and take my bra off and show you them. I kind of feel slightly happy about that. Yeah, they've, they've, <laughs> they've definitely, they're, you know, they're they're on their way. They're well on their way, mate. I suppose with your boobs, because you've got such lovely big boobs, um, just the sheer weight of them and the gravitational pull towards mm. the earth at some point. It's just it's science, just gonna, Laura. Science. Yeah. But I didn't breastfeed my kids, so I think yeah. that maybe I kept some padding in there. You fucking did, mate, because mine's yeah. been sucked out. They've got a bit better, actually. They were really horrendous for the year after I stopped breastfeeding EDF. Like, I'm talking dehydrated skin tags vibes. <laughs> dehydrated skin tags. I don't even know what they are now. They're kind of just like, they're more like pancakes now. So they've gone from like beef jerky to pancakes. Saggy tits are nothing to be ashamed of. No, they're not. But the only problem with having saggy tits is that when it's hot and you don't wear a bra, you mm. get a river of under tit area sweatage. <laughs> and that's tag. the worst. And it's under flat. skin tag. Yeah, it's not, it's not pretty. <laughs> Well, I have to have like, like you've got a fanny flannel. I have to have an under tit sweat flannel. Can I be honest with you? <gasps> Tell me that you've stopped using it. I stopped flanneling. Have you? Yeah. Have I shamed you into No, 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 not permission? at all. No, because I realised actually I'd had thrush a couple of times and I thought, I think it might be the fucking flannel. Oh my goodness. This is revelation, a mate. Podcast so I, revelation. I'm still, it has to be dipped. It still has to have a good little wash around yeah so cupping water and just throwing at it and then whatever comes out just kind of gets sprayed onto my bath the other side when I'm having a little flannel non-flannelette wash in the evening and what situation so we're talking about a cup just to that you're throwing at oh no I mean we're not douching here no no (laughs) douching is not medically recommended and just sort of throwing the water at it that's good. I think this you know, is baptizing my vagina every night. I mean, it's pretty miraculous that you started off with "Have you ever experienced a natural disaster?" Disaster to us then talking about um, cleaning vaginas. How did that happen? Because I guess it could be a natural disaster if it's not cleaned. <laughs> you know what? I feel like you know that whole theory of um, six degrees of separation. Yeah. I think for me and you, we're only six conversations away from talking about fannies. 
Yeah. And I think that it wasn't even six conversations. No, it wasn't. It was probably about three sentences. <laughs> three sentences. Have you been a natural disaster? No, I have. It was this. By the way, I don't use a flannel on my vagina anymore. <laughs> so here we go, Laura. Um, have you heard? No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, like a glove. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so funny enough, this is about hearing. Da, 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 da. So, a 2014 study by James Madison University suggests that men are likely to find the voice of a woman more attractive when she is at the most fertile stage of her monthly cycle. Do you not think that that is just absolutely fascinating? Yeah, I think Steve thinks I'm an annoying cunt regardless of what time. Well, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, the fertile stage is ovulation, so that's when you probably do have that like half an hour window when you want to have sex. Yeah, <laughs> you know that one. <laughs> half hour, mate. That's generous. <laughs> yeah, suppose it goes from, oh, you never fucking do anything you can't. Oh, hello. <laughs> Give me your penis. Put the bloody dishes away, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, how it goes in my house. <laughs> Um, so the researchers played digital recordings of women at points of high and low fertility during their menstrual cycles for male and female subjects who were then asked to rate the attractiveness of the voice. The researchers also tested electrical activity in the subject's skin while they were listening to the recordings. Both the men and the women rated the fertile voices as more attractive. Isn't that mad? That is mad. For both genders, electrical activity in the skin increased by roughly 20% and heart rates increased by roughly 5%. I don't even know when I'm fucking ovulating, let alone Steve know it because I've got a little bit more high pitched. <laughs> Maybe it's like that. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hang on. She's dropped a decibel. That well, means that her vagina is open. <laughs> open for business. You got another thing coming, mister. So men are meant to find sort of more high-pitched, youthful bastards. Fucking mm -hmm. discrimination, that. Sounding voices more attractive. But that makes perfect sense why you always see fucking men in Hollywood and they're like 70. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is like the love of my life. And she's 19 because she is like absolutely ripe for it. They want younger vocal cords. Yeah. Perverts. Not old. <laughs> Rat bag, fucking my larynx. Yeah, forty fag a day, Frida. <laughs> I don't want her. So this is why it happens. They say hormones during ovulation can affect many types of tissue beyond the reproductive organs, which includes the larynx. These tissues are receptors for estrogens and pro progestogens, which are hormones that fluctuate naturally across a woman's cycle. So variations in the amounts of these hormones can produce variations in the amount of blood flow swelling and water retention in the vocal cords, which can result in changes in vocal fluidity and hoarseness. These physical changes are similar to the effects of the same hormones on cervical tissue. So basically, when your like minge is undergoing ovulation changes, so is your goddamn voice backs. So basically, you have the same tissue in your minge as you do in your throat. <laughs> You're like, oh man, I can feel my throat getting mingy. <laughs> the minge is coming. And Steve's like, what's that? Oh my God. Is that the faint whisper of Laura's minge coming out through her mouth? <laughs> And then he gets a boner. Um, so there's, uh, listen to this. Many professional vocalists choose to use hormonal birth control to eliminate inconsistencies in vocal performance. And in the same study, they found that women that were on um, birth control were just deemed less attractive because they didn't have the same fluctuation in their voice. 
This is fucking fascinating shit, man. And that is that is absolutely the only reason why I am no longer on birth control. <laughs> because of that. Not because there is zero chance of me falling <laughs> pregnant ever. It's because I don't want to ruin my vocal cords. Do you think Lady Gaga's on birth control then? Yeah, maybe. 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 Who knows? Maybe Beyonce is so that she can hit those notes. <coughs> yeah. Who who fucking knows? Maybe they're all at it. I wonder if anyone's gone. Lady Gaga, <laughs> are you on birth control to support your larynx and minge tissue? And avoid minge throat. <laughs> avoid minge throat. Not strep throat, minge throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so good. Um, so women, on the other hand, prefer deeper voices, which signals a larger body type. Apparently, that's why we're attracted to it. But another trait that was also crucial for women to find men attractive was breathiness. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a quality that I find alluring. So, mate, you haven't met my husband because he's the breathiest person that I've ever met and I want to kill him on a daily basis for purely, you know, exhaling and inhaling air through his nostrils. I do not find that sexy. No. Steve, yeah, Steve is a snorer. Oh, God, please don't even get me started on snoring. Yeah. Um, But here's a little uh, fun little thing that I thought me and you could do. So, uh, another study. <laughs> you actually looked insane then. I know, but I was like, so excited. So I know that this is going to be really funny. Um, so, another study found that women were able to consciously manipulate their voices while counting from one to 10 to sound more attractive. <laughs> so, what kind of voice change makes a woman sound sexier? A deep, breathy voice, according to the researchers. So men are attracted to this kind of pitch, not because they prefer women with lower voices, but because when a woman drops her voice, she's signaling that she's interested. So I wondered, <laughs> can you count from one to 10 and make yourself increasingly sexier? So start off at one normal, and then by the time you hit 10, hit minge throat. <laughs> That's what you want. 10 is full minge, okay? <laughs> so, come <laughs> on. One, two... Three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> oh, I see them queuing outside. I think I just came. <laughs> you know. Right, I think the trick is you got to start really high. What? <laughs> you didn't tell me that. You said start off as normal. You duped me. All right, I'll start off as normal because it's pretty no, quite it's fine. Go on. You One. Go. Oh, it's really hard, isn't it? Two. <laughs> Don't go high. Three. Four. <laughs> I sound like a natural. Five. You six, sound like a psycho. Seven. Eight, nine, <laughs> ten. <laughs> you sound like someone who's possessed by the girl out of the exorcist. <laughs> She's no longer in here. I mean, we both proved that that study is an absolute crock of shit. There's no way that you're consciously manipulating your voice. To sound more sexy. Well, and if I were to see a sexy man, I'm not going to go up to him and be like, "Hello, my name's Laura," <laughs> or just or just count to ten. 
<laughs> like, okay, can someone actually please call the police because this woman is a lunatic. <laughs> Get this minge throated bitch away from me. You honestly look so possessed. <laughs> Because your eyes are so dark. And I know. You did the double chin. <laughs> I know. I had to retract my chin into my chest to get that deep. <laughs> Maybe that's what's attractive as well. It's like looking like that. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, I do you. I do you too, babes. But only if you're talking in that Kermit frog. Number eight was my favourite, I think, from you. I found you most sexy at number eight. I found you most sexy at number nine. <laughs> I need a drink after all that minge though exploration. I might have a little swig too. <laughs> so there we go. What a fucking brilliant fact today. That was amazing. When you started, when you said about hearing, I thought this is going to be bullshit. Bullshit. This is bullshit. Don't ever dis my your knowledge, knowledge, expertise. Yeah, right. I hear it took you. me a full forty-five minutes to collate that information, mate. Came from several different sources, I'll have you know. I'm really, I'm untouched. I went on a rabbit hole. I was just like, oh my God. Oh my God, women's oh, website. website. Oh, I God. went on a rabbit <laughs> hole. Yeah, that should be a website. I am very, no, I am very impressed. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's have a story, you filthy slag. From me? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure if this one's a bit gross, but oh I've, well, that makes me instantly interested. It's from it's from a gentleman. Hi, ladies, loving the podcast. It's freaking brilliant. Um, so when I was about 15, 16, I took this gorgeous bird home from a party. So we went downstairs after much finger blasting and rug munching, etc. And I walked her the mile or so home at 1 a.m. I got home ravenous, so I for a cheese sandwich and made it with a, uh, in a blur using the light from the cooker hood as to not attract attention from my sleeping parents. I took the first delicious bite and then could taste the aroma of fanny from my fingers. It was at this point I looked and noticed that my hands were caked with blood. Oh, it was all no. under my fingernails and absolutely everywhere. I was devastated. Now, I have a bigger problem. As I noticed, all the bloody fingerprints were on the block of cheese. My dad was a right tight bastard, so throwing it away wasn't an option. So I decided to use the best course of action was to firstly wash my hands, then carefully skim off the edges that were blood stained and hide them at the bottom of the bin. Pretty chuffed with myself. I went to take a piss and nearly had a heart attack to the state of my face because I looked like Heath Ledger from Joker. I saw this beautiful girl a lot over the years and never mentioned it, should I? No, why is he going to mention it? She doesn't need to know about that. It happened Even a long time ago. Even if they're 15, 16, it doesn't matter, but it's the cheese that... Yeah, a block of cheese. About the cheese that you let your parents eat, blood minced cheese. Yeah, you, you basically let your... Dad, great that on his spaghetti bolognese the next day, knowing the embers <laughs> of your girlfriend's minge was literally coated in it. Not even minge, like her actual womb. The embers of her womb. Yeah, part of what would have been a potential child <laughs> is smeared all over that block. Just funnily enough, I've got a story that is pretty much the same. It's, it's a, the same sort of concept of accidentally feeding parents puss juice. Because we've had another story in that is bears some similarity to this one. Shall I read it? Read it. But can we also just really stipulate, don't ever tell her? No, she doesn't need to know. It's like, no. who cares? It's fine. It happened a long time ago. It's, just, it's a bodily function. Probably tell your mum and dad, though. 
Yeah, it would be so weird though if you just saw her and you don't really speak to her anymore. You just say hello and you see the supermarket and be like, oh, hi, yeah. Yeah, do you remember that time when you yeah. just bled all over my face and then I put it all over my cheese sandwich? Remember that time? Like, it would just be weird. What sort of conversation star is that? And and not not to mention the fact that it could potentially be, oh, yeah, those two girls from a podcast called No Holds Barred basically encouraged me to tell you. Yeah. Even though it was 20 years ago, I just thought it was really important for me to let you know now. <laughs> Thank you and goodbye. <laughs> I never want to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> right, here we go. So this is the other fantastic story. My partner's mum had gone away with her sister for a few days. So me and him, boyfriend, decided to have a curry night with his dad. I found three recipes. I mean, fucking, he's making three curries. I know. Are you impressing? Are you trying to impress somebody there? Well, I think she undoes it all by what happens next. I found three recipes and decided to make a whole banquet of curry treats. While the father-in-law was working, me and my man got down to making the curries and then we got a little frisky because, oh yeah, that well-known side effect of making curries that you want to get fingered. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Oh my God, you just had your finger in that really hot, red hot chilli. Now (laughs) shove it right in my shelf. We went upstairs in his parents' house and had an afternoon of passion in their guest room. A whole afternoon. How long are these curries taking to make, mate? It'd be dry as a bone. After we had finished, we continued cooking. We had a taste and decided that one curry needed lemon juice. My partner then squeezed two lemons through his finger into the curry then realised he hadn't washed his hands after our afternoon of sexy time. We couldn't decide what to do as we had promised three curries for dinner. Then his dad got home early. Oh, fuck. We had no way of disposing of the curry without him being aware as he'd seen all the pans cooking away when he got home. We sat down a little later that evening and had to watch him eat the curry filled with lemon-flavoured pussy juices and <laughs> listen to him tell us how delicious it was. We have vowed to take it to the grave, but seeing as no one will know who I am, and I, I thought I'd share the story for some giggles. I haven't even told my bestest bitches this one. Wow. There you we go. We are now her officially her bestest bitches. Officially pussies bitches. So is that a lemon tikka pussy masala? <laughs> it's a lemon tikka pussy masala. <gasps> yeah. With a side of pubes. With a side of pubes. Sounds delicious. Um, Doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I can't. I don't think. I don't think that one is that bad. Do you? No, because you know he could have wiped his hand on his trousers, and then the puss is is watered down. Yeah. By so the it's fiber. you know, if anything, it's probably worse that he had his hand on his dick, yeah. and then which you can guarantee that definitely happened at some yeah, point or another. Yeah, that definitely happens. And and then so not only is it puss, it's penis. <laughs> it's penis puss. It's penis puss. Passanda. <laughs> trying to think of like an Indian curry name. <laughs> oh, um, saga penis. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I just don't find that that offensive. I'm sure that I've maybe had a little scratch of my fanny and made dinner for people. Oh, multiple times. Yeah, I mean, my, my head hair gets stuck in my dinners, so fuck knows what else could be in there. Yeah, true. But are you cooking naked? Because your head is just out. Whereas would your fanny just be out and about when you're cooking? No. no. no I've never fancied the spot of naked cooking, to be fair. No, uh, you know, I'm not really one for making dinner and going, I really want to have sex either. No, I know. I don't think I've ever done that. Maybe I have and I've just blocked it out of my memory because it's clearly not an enjoyable experience. But no, there's no part of me that's like, oh my God, what I would give. Chopping this onion is making me moist. <laughs> um, I think I probably did back in the day when I used to have... Gentlemen guests rounds for dinner, which basically equated fill my hole, you know. 
That but was did you fill his life. mouth hole before you <laughs> yeah, filled your hole? I like them to be well fed. <laughs> this is the thing, like, I would find so socially awkward that I'd be so, I, I can't think of anything fucking worse than being single now. That's probably really? why I only stay with Steve. No, it's not. Um, but yeah, I, the, it, the social etiquette around all of it is just so mental. What are you like that? Because I, I guess as well, you haven't really done it in the way. No. It's been like, you know, massive slag. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, did a lot, I did loads of dating. And uh, yeah, I mean, if they were coming to your house, it's basically like, you're going to have sex with me. So, you know, they might as well have Did anyone ever go, I don't want to have sex with you. Like, I feel like this is deeper than this. Yeah, loads. Uh, people just kept falling in love with me left, right and centre. I was like, uh, bought off, you are boring. I just like your penis. Except for Go Rob. Except, Except for Rob. Rob. <laughs> Except for Rob. Aww. I was like, yeah, you're pretty fucking fantastic. You can stay. I love um, the conversation. And there was also something the other way around that I was totally really into and like felt completely in love with and it wasn't reciprocated. I mean, I don't know what was wrong with them, but... Um, no, neither do I. That did happen. That did happen. Fucking assholes. Uh, players. I just, you know... Just dickhead men. We, we, I know, but we're attracted to that. What is it? They, it's the deep voice. Oh. And they like our minge throat. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I've had lots of sex after dinner. And and making, preparing, whilst preparing. It was like, come around, have a glass of wine, put on some sexy music. Um, yeah. And one thing, one... <laughs> grating a carrot led to another and, and then you uh, funny fart back to the kitchen yeah, exactly. to finish off dinner yeah with a wet purse a wet purse <laughs> but it's a lemony wet purse it's a lemony wet purse um j- just thinking of things in fannies as as we always are um i don't know if we talked about this have you ever uh like used any kind of um i don't know mentally stimulation on your minge yeah what have you used yeah like lube but that's it yeah, it doesn't really do anything. No, because I had a boyfriend. Maybe a mental condom. I don't think they exist, do they? That's like but a mental sag. Like, it sounds like a mental cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, uh, that that's it. Or maybe a body wash that I shouldn't have put down there. I did have a boyfriend go down on me once he'd had a smint once. That was not a good idea. Don't recommend Bernie. it. Bernie, fucking horrible. And I did inhale what well, my vagina kind of inhaled deep heat by accident once when it was on my thighs. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and I couldn't understand why my entire below my button, belly button pretty much was just on fire. It was like, what's happening to me? What's happening? How did you get deep heat in your vagina? I was, I was really young and um, it was, I was probably about 14. I used to do loads of sports when I was younger because uh, I was just like a little whippet. And I, reluctantly, but I'm going to add, I fucking hated it. But mainly because they used to put me in front of crowds of people. I'd be like, I can't perform on the man like this. But I used to do loads of hurdling. So I've got really long legs and I'm like a giraffe, like baby giraffe. Um, and so I've done loads of hurdling and my thighs were killing. And uh, <laughs> I was 14 and was like, mm, oh, mum's used this before, I used this. So I put deep heat on my thighs and I didn't have any knickers. It travelled. It just travelled. My, oh, my, my my youthful <laughs> larynx talking through my vagina to the deep heat saying, come to me, come, come here, oh. like a mermaid in yeah. the sea. <laughs> and I put it on in about five minutes later, I was just like, wow, this feels so strange. And I'll never forget, my mum was watching ER. I found the, I've just found it really ironic. She was watching ER, George Clooney, Clooney getting a little wide on because she absolutely loved him. Didn't give a shit about the fact that her daughter's 14-year-old vagina was on fire because she was too busy. Perfect. 
over Clooney. And I was like, Mom, Mom, I don't want to watch a dance. I'm like, I'll just go and get in the shower or something. Like, really dismissive. <laughs> I could have burnt my youthful flaps right off that. It's you could have actually revolver or your yeah, laser. like burn it's it. A lot, a lot. There's a lot there to go. My God. It, it was actually quite reminiscent of the old Veep bumhole pregnancy story. <laughs> but worse. So it's worse. Your mum didn't give a shit. She didn't give a so shit. In, that is so an 80s, 90s mum, isn't it? Yeah, it's just sort of just sort of itself. Also, yeah. I mean, I'm one of four kids. Yeah, by the third one. Didn't get any shits. She was like, no. if, are you dead? No. <laughs> Fuck off and leave me alone. That was <laughs> I'm watching Clooney. Yeah, I'm Clooney's on. It's, it's Wednesday night, 9pm. It's my time. Oh, I used to love that. I absolutely loved ER. So did I. I was, oh was my so God, good. Dr. Green. <gasps> no. When Mark Green dies, that is so fucking sad. Oh, what a good series, eh? And, you, and that back in the days when you had to wait an entire week for another episode. Isn't that mad that our kids will never have that? They'll never, They'll never know the struggle. <laughs> They'll never know the struggle of having to wait. A week, seven days for friends. Yeah. Not friends though, but let's not get into that subject. You know, I hate friends. I think you're a real comfort. Right? <laughs> just saying. I Can just we just make actually, let's just talk briefly. I didn't watch it, but I've seen little clips of it, of the reunion. What did you think? I've not seen it yet. I've not seen it. All no, like, because I haven't got Sky One. No, neither have I. But I just saw like trailers and stuff. But the only the other thing that I took from it, which I found really quite depressing actually, is that it seems like the three women, maybe not so much Lisa Cudrow, they just seem to me to be products of um, society's expectations of women oh, really? to remain thin and beautiful, hundred percent eternally. Yeah. Whereas Hello Joey, who's been eating all the pizzas, mate? I mean, I love him for it. But equally, how comes you don't have to no, I, live up I, to these ridiculous expectations? Do yeah, you know what I mean? I do. I totally agree with you. It is really frustrating. I find it so fucking annoying that you see girls, not annoying, devastating, that you see girls as young as 20, 19, and they're already getting Botox because they're like, yeah. I need to be on it. And it's like, oh my God, you're so fucking young. Yeah. You're so fucking young. You don't need to. But it is, it's... What we had when we were younger is even worse now for girls. The expectation of a girl, it is, it's awful. No. It's social media at the end of the day, isn't it? And it makes me so fucking sad and angry because it's not how we should be seeing women. And it's constantly, women need to look this, they need to look that to be desired or listened to. Or You know, I could really roll one off here. Right? <laughs> I could pick it really off, wipe it, off right now. and then shove it in your face. <laughs> curl off a turd of rage. <laughs> okay, oppression it really, it, it, the oppression of women is, is fucking huge. Yeah, mate. It really fucked me off. It just, it just thought, God, right. I, I hoped, you know, you, you feel like, especially, I suppose, this dance that we're both coming from, especially on our platforms on social media and what we put out there is so sort of anti that anyway, that yeah. you kind of end up being a little bit of an echo chamber of like following people that are like you and yeah. having the same mindset and trying to challenge the same um, stereotype, whatever. And then actually it's all just still rife and it? there's still so much work to be done. Um, bottom line is friends is shit. Let's move on. <laughs> bottom line <laughs> is unfollow people on social media. Friends is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that is probably the best thing that I taught myself is to just seriously unfollow 
shit that doesn't bring you that really doesn't bring you joy it doesn't matter whether it brings somebody else joy even if they go i don't understand why you don't like them fuck it you don't have to like what everyone else likes or be comforted or even if they make you feel insecure it doesn't fucking matter it's a human response absorb the response and then fuck off anything that makes you feel shit about yourself because you are too goddamn precious you are too goddamn precious girlfriend um yeah i totally agree never ever get me on that subject no no it's it's still no i just love the way that we meander from talking about hairy bum holes er (laughs) to women's rights and issues and you know getting fingered blood cheese sandwich fucking seamless it's it's absolutely seamless oh i've got a really nice agony aunt that i'd quite like to read Oh, do it yeah okay oh yeah so we've had like a we've had a message an agony aunt question from one of you lovely slags but following on from the conversation that we've literally just had about you know the female experience she has said this in her email which feels pretty apt actually i would like to share with you how important your podcast has been to me i find it completely grounding in the human female experience You demonstrate such high levels of self-compassion and compassion for one another that I am on a personal journey myself to embody in my own attitude to myself and others. You're both so unbelievably funny and kind and every episode lifts my mood and makes me belly laugh. So thank you for being so unbelievably refreshing in a world of perfectionism and self-loathing that is sold to women in current society. Oh, my God. That's lush. Really, actually, it did genuinely give me the little goosebumps. That one, that is really, really lovely to hear. Because I think we, you know, obviously we're here, we're just having a laugh and stuff. But yeah, I know. But it does. It, it is on a deeper level though, because it's a level of frustration of never feeling accepted. Because let's, if we're being brutally honest, we've definitely gone through that, haven't we? Yeah, of, of course of like, we have. Uh, 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 together on this podcast, of feeling like, oh my god, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing the wrong thing? Should we filter ourselves more? Like we've gone through that whole thing, haven't we? Yeah. And and just generally, I think we both, we said this before, we just feel like we're on the outside a little bit. Yeah. We're Which outsiders. Is, it's re- we are outsiders and it's a really horrible feeling to have because it's not easy. I mean, no. fuck knows it's not easy and we're still working on it. I think we'll work on it for the rest of our lives of knowing why we're worthy to be included. Yeah. And in a funny way, uh, well, not in a funny way, in an, in an absolute matter of fact way, uh, being in this sort of world now, industry, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it's made me more self-conscious, uh, mm. than I've ever been in my whole life. Um, and just I fall into the comparison game far more frequently of like, what are they doing? They seem to be doing so well. What am I doing that well? What am I doing wrong? People don't yeah. like me. I'm not worthy, blah, blah, blah. And I've never really had quite, I have always had that internal work, but it's never been quite as loud yeah. as it is now because it's yeah. like you're literally, I have an audience. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that's just something that I'm working on. Just a little yeah. therapy session right now. Yeah, let's just work <laughs> through it. No, but you know, it's same, same situation of feeling not worthy enough. Yeah. And like, why, why should I? And then when I do have success, it's like, but why should I have it? Why should yeah. I have it? Because they obviously just haven't caught on to the fact that I'm actually shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you to her for, for sending that in. Cause actually that means a lot to us. Yeah, and I definitely. think that's the thing within the industry that we're within is that it's, it's heavily filtered down to what people 
want to have heard and not necessarily the reality of of what's going on so yeah. and that's sometimes boundaries isn't it because for for whatever reason and boundaries are really really good but it's also sometimes good to be like this is actually a little bit of honesty but I just remember on social media that people tend to only share the highlight reel <laughs> Of course they do. They don't share the shit bits. No, no, and and especially if you're following comedy accounts as well, that's like another really big thing is that you're not going to see a comedian go, I'm having a really shit time with it at the moment. Yeah, because when you, when you do funny shit, it's almost like you're not really allowed to be like that because yeah. it's like, entertain us, be funny. But Yeah, and also I know from my own personal experience of how toxic I've found social media more recently and time <laughs> and time again is that sometimes it is really important to just be honest. Yeah. Because only saying that you're having an amazing time isn't helping the people that you think. We're still having yourself, and it's not helping yourself. other people. So, yeah. so that um, lovely lady who sent that in, she has asked us a question. So, how do I initiate my need for clitoral stimulation in a new relationship? And how can I be confident to ask for what I need and want? So she's given a bit of background to it. So she just said, I've just turned 30 and I've recently broken up with an ex of mine of 18 months because he said we felt more like friends. I was aware that we were having less and less sex, tried to change it, but almost had no response to, um, to my efforts. Basically, she's like, he's pathologically avoidant. Hmm, sounds like one of my ex-boyfriends. Um, <laughs> I now come to understand that he was not good enough or right for me. Yes, so she's done good, good there. We like that. He's not good enough for you. Post-breakup, I have had an epiphany that I have never been present during sex with any partner or understood my own sexual needs with another person, but very happy with self-pleasure. I think this lack of orgasmic sex with boyfriends contributes to my gradual decline of interest in sex as the relationship goes on. And in the beginning, I make a lot of effort in order to please the other person. I've recently started psychotherapy. Lovely woman to tackle my lack of self-worth and confidence and my need to be in a relationship to feel whole. So yeah, what what would you do, Laura, in a new relationship? How can you find the words, the actions to say, tickle my bean, motherfucker? Tickle my <laughs> I personally think that if he is, especially if you're working on your self-worth at the moment, which is something me and you have worked on, isn't it, mm-hmm. Victoria? Continue to work on. I think if that's one of those things that is it's obvious, it's a big thing in women anyway. If he isn't open to that conversation, it would be good to get rid of that relationship now and know that that isn't an acceptable way for a man to feel about women's sexual pleasure anyway. And you'll probably find he's really into it. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what it is? It's always that, like, you know what you want to say, but it's like... Finding words. Blah, blah, blah. And you can just lie there or sit there and just be like, what's all you're thinking about? And you're literally playing the... I've done it many times because I'm, I'm quite... Um, I discovered this in my own psychotherapy experience that I try to avoid confrontation at all costs. Yeah. So in it's not it's not really confrontation. You're not saying, oi, you, what's your fucking following with my clit? It's not like that, is it? But it's still yeah. having to uh, sort of upset the balance, I suppose, because yeah. you're kind of demanding something of them or whatever. Um, but it's getting those words out. But I do think rehearsing a sentence is a really good idea and just saying it over and over and over again in your, in your head and literally saying the words so that you can almost imagine yourself saying the words and then coming out of your mouth yeah. so that when it does come out, it's not just like, head of a skit. In a deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just, really want to have clitoral stimulation. <laughs> just count to one to ten in a weird Kermit voice. Maybe that'll work and point at your clit. Um, yeah, it's uh, the other thing is too that I do think if you can't, because some people just aren't able to express themselves yeah. vocally, are they? But I just think just start fucking have a little dingling when you're having sex as well. Yeah. And be like, oh, hello. Because I always have. I've always done that. Yeah. Every time, every single time that I've had penetrative sex. Yeah. Old Philly Fat Fingers has got involved. I must admit, like, it, it's been my level of confidence that's had to grow for me to feel confident enough to do that in sex. And when I was younger, I definitely didn't feel confident enough. But then I didn't feel like I was entitled to it, which is then an, a huge self worth yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so, she, she's on the right page by going to the psychotherapist because that's obviously going to undo a lot of the issues about her self-worth and confidence. Um, but in terms of just practically being like, how do I do this? Then I think practice a sentence or, or write it down. Get your hand. Yeah, write it down. Put it on a post-it, stick it on the fridge. But I know that sounds really di- dilly. Sounds dilly. really dilly. <laughs> oh, dilly. I know it sounds really silly, but just having it, even if you are writing it out so that you are getting out what it is that you're terrified about, about vocalizing. You might then, especially if you're in psychotherapy, you might then be able to like figure out what the main bit is that's making you scared to have that conversation. Is it rejection? Is it shame? Yeah. Probably those two things, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, those are definitely. the two things that are definitely heavily centered around it. So then it's working out why you feel shame and then working out why you shouldn't feel rejected for self-pleasure. Oh. And then if, if, if a guy turns back. Fucking hell, I'm oh. really far too deep in therapy. <laughs> I would never fucking say that before, but it is true though. <laughs> it is true. No, you're right. And that, and that means... That's really good, though, that you are thinking that way and you are saying those things because you're so conscious and aware of yourself now yeah. that you've started having therapy. Yeah. Um, therapy is the best. It's brilliant. We'll it just call brilliant. this no-holes therapy bard, bard. session. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, as Vic knows, I have a seriously uh, huge issue with how much I love my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, part of the process. It's I love you so much. Right. It's all fine. <laughs> that was going to happen. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, this is good. Uh, so, yeah, I hope that's kind of given... Do you reckon that was good advice? I think that's good advice because it's just about, like, telling her that she's not wrong, to be kinder to herself, understand that she's already in a process, and in actual fact, if he's even worth a second of her fucking time, he won't have one issue with her being sexually satisfied in sex. No, and get us on us. That's the other thing. Get us on us. If you're a clip sims lag, sign us all the way. Sign us all the way. I used to feel like such a fucking freak for not being able to climax through penetrative sex because I just thought I'm 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 part of a very small population of people because you don't see the reality, and yet the reality is hardly any women go. No, you know, like via seven, well, I can't remember what the stats were now. I'm sure it's like 75 percent of women need clitoral stimulation, which is a lot. It is. Um, and part of the 75 percent. We're all for it. We're all for it here. We love the bee. A clit. <laughs> if I could be a human clit on World Book Day, I would. <laughs> Put slightly frowned upon on the score run. So I think that's it then. Oh my God, we've just smashed our way through another bloody episode. How about that? That was amazing. It was and amazing. 
yeah, I just love the fact that you guys send us in stuff that you wouldn't ever tell anybody else. That's pretty fucking awesome. Your secret's safe with us. We're not going to tell anybody. Except for our 25,000 listeners. (laughs) (laughs) But they don't know who you are, so it's fine. It's absolutely fine. So if you want to contribute in any way to the podcast, whether you want to send us a story or you have an agony art question for us, or you know what? I am so open to random facts about amazing, interesting stuff. Where can they send it, Laura? Well, they can oh wow we're changing this up now so i'm going to do the email because we yeah. don't send it yeah okay no. so um they can i'm sitting here at the moment actually pulling on my pubic hair oh yeah you dirtbag <laughs> but it's like pubic hair that's down my thigh i still need to send you my thigh picture okay don't I? that's all right that's yeah sorry so they can send it to no holes barred podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on instagram we are there um and which is also no horsebar podcast i guess that's it then it's the end of another episode don't worry about rating subscribed we just listen we, we are so fucking over that now aren't we yeah, just we hammered it we hammered it home rate and subscribe rate and subscribe and i just think what an annoying bunch of fucking cunts we must have sounded at the end of every episode we're sorry we apologize we are sorry we are uncunting ourselves at the end of the day we just love doing this even if one of you listens to it even if nobody listens to it we wouldn't yeah. it because we absolutely fucking love doing this yeah and we've missed it bad we have it's the highlight of my week yeah all right then um see you next tuesday see you next tuesday Slay. <laughs> <laughs> <Ten>. <laughs> <laughs>Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. (laughs) To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.